Hello, and welcome to the Behind the Give Button podcast, where we believe that charities desire to change the world, but struggle to get you involved. This podcast is all about exploring what's behind the give button so that your desire to change the world can find a trusted partner. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Behind the Give Button podcast. Today, I have Anna with me from the Furniture Bank, and she's going to tell us all about her organization, the way that it's structured, um, and how she got involved. So welcome, Anna. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Claire. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to um, do a deep dive into Redwood and the Furniture Bank and everything we do. Yeah. So I know you... We've talked about kind of your background, how you came to this position with the Furniture Bank. So why don't you, you know, give us a little glimpse at the path that you've taken to get to where you are today? Okay, well, um, it's been a winding road, uh, not a success only journey for sure. So I came, I mean, I've been volunteering for Redwood for uh, some time or had been, um, but my job was uh, for the last 10 years has been a researcher, which probably sounds dreadfully boring. It's certainly what I thought (laughs) when I first heard about the course. I was finishing my undergrad and I had asked a friend, um, like, what are you gonna do after school? I hadn't really figured out my path. And he said, well, I'm gonna do the uh, postgraduate research analyst program at Georgian College. And I thought, oh my gosh, that sounds like the most boring job (laughs) I've ever heard of in my life. And um, he, he finished his sentence and said, it comes with a paid internship at the end. So I was like, sign me up. Um, (laughs) Like some research experience would help me get into a master's program. But uh, I was pleasantly surprised. It's a very fascinating field. I worked at Georgian College for a short period of time. But most of my experience was at a company called Enveronics. So I was uh, mostly healthcare research is what I did. Um, and I was a chief recruiter there. So I did qualitative research, like sort of what you're doing, like interviews and stuff. Um, and I also recruited people to participate in research. And that was kind of what I did for, uh, for 10 years. It was a great job. I loved it. I loved the company. The work was fascinating and interesting, uh, rarely boring. My coworkers were like family. I learned so much at that job. Like I would not be here today if I hadn't had that job. Um, and, and it was a very egalitarian work culture. Um, you know, we had perks like unlimited vacation and we were working from home before it was the cool new thing. Um, when COVID hit, we had uh, mindfulness seminars every week. Like it was, it was uh, really an incredible, an incredible place to work. And uh, in October, I gave all that up to move furniture for a living. And that's <laughs> where we are today. Fantastic. So you, you were volunteering with Redwood and now, you know, you're working for the Furniture Bank. Um, could you connect those dots for us? How did you sure. come to volunteer and then take on this role? Sure. Um, so I had been volunteering for Redwood for about a year before I took on the role. But before that, uh, I was basically running my own furniture bank myself, uh, my husband, another board member, and a group of very dedicated volunteers. We're running a grassroots organization called After the Curb. 
and it was a furniture bank. We were uh, taking clients and uh, sourcing furniture. I spent all of my free time on Facebook and Kijiji trying to find furniture uh, for folks who needed it. We bought a truck and a trailer, and uh, that's what I did on all of my weekends and my lunch hours. I just uh, you know, <laughs> delivered furniture to people. Um, but at the same time I was doing that, Red Wood uh, was also doing the same thing for their folks. So to give you a bit of context, Redwood 10 years ago started off with transitional housing, so United House, um, and that primarily serves women coming out of shelter. So at the Barry Women and Children's Shelter, there's an eight week uh, period where you can stay there, but it's capped at eight weeks because it's an emergency service. And so within eight weeks, you now have to find a permanent home for you and your family. Um, and it just, it wasn't working out for a lot of folks. A lot of times uh, women were left to go back if they were escaping abusive situations, they were, you know, left to go back there uh, or they had to find a place that was less than ideal for their families. So United House is a place where women can go after they're leaving the shelter. We don't exclusively serve the Barry Women Children's uh, Shelter, but that's the majority of the folks where the majority of the folks come from. Um, and they can stay at United House for up to a year while they look for uh, a permanent place to live, uh, either with themselves or their kids. So um, Radwood was kind of running into this problem that I was seeing as, as I volunteered with the homeless uh, outreach community. And I experienced myself when I was uh, had a brief period of homelessness as well as a teenager where like when you're starting out and you have nothing, you have a roof over your head. Um, but you know, you don't have a plate to eat on or a couch to sit on or a bed to sleep on. Um, so it's, it's a pretty, uh, hopeless situation. So they were, when their folks were moving out of United house, um, they were doing the same thing I was doing, which was going on Kijiji and Facebook and trying to find furniture at the last minute and then spend all their free time, uh, moving, um, moving their clients into their new homes. And it wasn't just them, it was caseworkers like Ontario Works workers, um, workers from Salvation Army, Busby Center, we were all doing the same thing, trying to fill um, this gap. A lot of the folks that I was helping were like single dads, right? Because women have more, they need more support, but they have more support available to them than uh, single men. So um, when I got together, uh, when I, that's kind of like how Redwood and I met, we both kind of heard about what each other were doing and, uh, Redwood wanted to build, uh, a furniture bank. And so we partnered together on that. And I just volunteered really, um, with the leadership team for about a year. Um, and then in October, the United Way provided a, uh, grant that's distributed over the course of three years um, that's helped us really go forward with a full startup. And so um, that helped to support taking me on in a full-time capacity as well as another staff member and um, just support our operations in general until we can uh, get more on our feet as a social enterprise and be more self-sustaining. 
Wow. It's uh, such a path that you took to get there from personal experience, from just a passion and need you saw in the community. So when you were saying furniture bank, I think my mind is drawn to like a warehouse type situation, um, providing furniture. So could you kind of unpack that? Um, am I on the right track? What does the furniture bank look like? Uh, it's in transition right now. Um, so physically what it looks like, well, when I was doing it on my own, it looked like me, uh, running it out of my garage and a volunteer offered her garage and my basement. <laughs> Um, and that's kind of how Redwood was doing it too. They, they had storage units and stuff. Then um, we moved to a bigger space, which was kind of like a glorified storage unit, but much bigger. Um, but we had, you know, chairs stacked five high and uh, our aisles quickly disappeared. Um, then we moved to an even bigger space, which was about the size of a three car garage, maybe. Um, so it was better, but only slightly. And now we have been able to secure um, a much bigger warehouse. I think it's around 9,000 square feet. So we have to renovate it. That's what we're in the process of doing right now. We're hoping it'll be finished um, mid-April. And um, that's where all of the, the furniture is stored. And then we're going to have a lot of other moving pieces in there as well. Um, so Jeff's Junk is uh, our logistics partner. They do, they're fantastic. Like I can't say enough great stuff about Jeff's Junk and uh, they're, they're, they're guys that move this stuff. So they're actually in the same space as us now, which is great because now in theory, we could just, you know, talk on the other side of the glass um, about whatever's going on in the day. So there's a section for that. There's a section for our inventory where all the furniture is stored. There's going to be a cafe in the space, which will serve at, will, will provide a space for supportive community because that's a big part of what Redwood does. So we provide safe, affordable, hopeful housing and we do that by providing physical spaces, but also by helping to build supportive community. So, um, you know, post COVID, I suppose, uh, folks could, um, after they meet with our client service coordinator, they could meet, you know, sit in the cafe and, um, and have a bit of community with, with other folks. And hopefully it would also serve as a, a social enterprise piece to generate some revenue. We'll have an upcycling area as well because um, we restore furniture and we uh, will be running uh, upcycling workshops and that type of thing um, to help uh, support the idea of uh, extending the life of furniture as long as possible and showing people that you don't have to buy something brand new to have a really beautiful space that feels like home. Um, and then we also want to put another space in within the whole warehouse where it could be rented out as an event space for folks. Um, and we could use some of the pieces from the furniture bank to furnish that with tables and make it look really trendy and cool. So um, that physically, that's where we're at right now. And um, most of that we hope will be done, probably not the kitchen, but most of the physical space where we can actually have our offices and stuff will be done by uh, mid-April. That's exciting and coming up. Um, so in your partnership with Redwood, um, are your services then 
and I'm not trying to jump too far ahead to like the what's behind your give button question, but um, so the work that the Furniture Bank is doing, is that providing funding for Redwood or is it providing um, like actual tangible pieces of furniture for people in transition? What is the purpose um, of what you're doing? Oh, that's a great question. So there's two um, parts to our operations. The first part is sourcing the donation. So we're providing a space for community members to send uh, their unwanted furniture um, to dispose of it in a responsible way. So uh, how that works is we partner with the Toronto Furniture Bank. So when somebody calls our 1-800 number or they send an email um, on our website to get a quote for uh, pickup, that goes to the Toronto Furniture Bank. And then um, they take all of the folks information, they send it to Jeff's Junk, and then Jeff's Junk will call you and they'll um, set up a time for their professionals to come and, and pick up uh, your belongings. And then they bring it to the Furniture Bank. And then what we do with the furniture once it's here uh, is a couple of things. So mostly what we do is we um, provide, uh, we call them packages. like home packages. So if you have a, a, a bachelor apartment or a one bedroom apartment, um, then you can get, you know, a bed, a dresser, um, two end tables for your, for your room. You can get a couch, you can get a dining room table, a chair, coffee table, basically all of the stuff that you would need. So we have different packages depending on the size of your home. If it's a bachelor, one bedroom, uh, a room, uh, a two bedroom or a three and then there's a cost associated for with the package itself. Um, and it's not priced based on piece of furniture. So um, that's really helpful for clients because we find a lot of times folks don't wanna ask for too much. Um, so they'll be like, well, you know, I just need like a bed and a couch. And it's like, if you need a bed and a couch, you need more than a bed and a couch. Like you're probably, um, your, your furnishings are probably pretty scarce. So uh, that helps set clients' minds at ease. Um, and then often there's a lot of, we work really hard to make sure that clients don't have to pay for the package out of pocket. It's really just helping to cover some of our operational costs. Um, so there are several funding streams available to clients. Our client service coordinator will work with each individual to see which one's appropriate for them. Um, and then if there aren't any funding streams available, then we work hard at the Furniture Bank in Redwood uh, throughout the year to secure other sources of funding. So right now uh, we have a grant that we received for emergency COVID funding from the United Way and the federal government um, called the Community Resilience Fund. Um, so we can use that to apply a 50% discount to the total cost of the package for clients to make it a little more reasonable. Because for some people, you know, $400 for an entire apartment's worth of furniture might not seem like a lot, but if you're on, you know, uh, ODSP or Ontario Works and you have two kids, like that might as well be $10,000. So mm -hmm. we're really cognizant of that. And we work hard to make sure um, that the the pricing is affordable for clients. Right. And uh, I love the way that you explain the packaging. Like, I'm sure that is such a dignity piece as well. Like when you're in need, um, 
still being able to maintain your dignity and not asking for too much and it being like a very comfortable process. So it's encouraging to hear that you've factored that in. Well, yeah. And clients do get to choose the furniture as well. So before COVID hit, we had set it up, uh, set our store, it's called an online store, um, up uh, online so that clients, we could just send them a link. And it's sort of like, if you go to Wayfair or something, you can just click on like living room and sofas and you can see what we have. Um, so everything's priced at $0, but yeah, no, that's an important point that you, that you, um, brought up because often, especially if you've grown up in a situation where you haven't had much, um, and you're coming from a situation where you have nothing, you don't know what, to ask for. Like, that's the position I was in when I was, um, you know, 18 and I'd been homeless over the summer and I got my first place. Like I knew I needed a plate to eat off of, but you know, other than that, it was kind of like, you're not, I wasn't really thinking about like, oh, I probably also need a table and, and maybe I need end tables and maybe I need some storage for books and things like that. So um, our client service coordinator is really great at talking through all of those things uh, with folks to make sure that their home is what is, is a hopeful place for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what is your favorite part of the role? Um, you've kind of brought a bunch of pieces together, but what keeps you excited going to work and motivated for this cause? Oh, well, it's not hard at all to be excited (laughs) job. Um, I mean, I did, I did love my other career, which I am still kind of involved with. It's interesting. It used to be my full-time job um, where the furniture stuff was like part-time and now it's kind of switched where the the furniture work is full-time and and research is part-time. So I did love that, but I just always felt um, probably by virtue of my, my life experience, I always felt more at home Um, you know, sitting on a curb with some friends who are living rough hearing old war stories uh, or current war stories than I ever did in a ninth floor boardroom. So it's, it's not uh, difficult for me to be excited coming to work at all. It feels like a great fit. I feel very blessed to be able to do this work full time. Um, And it's really exciting like it's an exciting period of time for Redwood and the Furniture Bank right now because it is Barry's first official furniture bank. Um, and we're just in the process of making the vision a reality. So what's not exciting about that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And thank you for sharing a bit of your past. Um, that personal tie, right, just makes everything more meaningful. And I'm sure uh, the difficult days on the job are easier to go through with that to tie from um So for a listener listening, intrigued, how does one get involved? How can they, um, you know, contribute or just support the furniture bank? Um, So we have some volunteer opportunities for Redwood in general. All of those are posted on Tandem Park. It's a volunteer website. So you just Google Tandem Park. Um, For the furniture bank specifically, we'll have more volunteer opportunities uh, once we're in our warehouse space, so probably later April. Um, But if you like to upcycle furniture, there's, um, you know, an opportunity for that. Even now, like we have folks come in and um, the goal is to, to not just have 
um, upcycled furniture be a social enterprise piece where we're generating revenue, but also have every piece of inventory be as beautiful as possible for the clients to choose from. So if you wanted, you could come schedule an appointment to come in and, and pick a dresser or an end table or um, a picture frame or whatever um, and upcycle that and bring it back. Um, and then there are opportunities throughout the year. So when we did our big move, um, we had a whole team. They were amazing, incredible. Like, I don't know about you, Claire, but I have a hard time finding people to help me move my furniture <laughs> to a new place. And we like had the most incredible team of volunteers when we had to move that whole warehouse space. It took a full day. Um, but I'm a full firm believer that there are two types of people in the world. There are people who would look at that uh, warehouse of inventory and, you know, go for the, the lightest chair possible and kind of <laughs> complain about how hard the work is. And then there are other people who just get to the business of lifting couches. And we had a team full of couch lifters. So um, <laughs> shout out to those folks. Thank you for helping us. So there are one-off opportunities like that throughout the year. Um, and uh, we're going to have uh, corporate responsibility packages. So if you're a business um, who, you know, values corporate responsibility, uh, or you have a certain number of community service hours that you need to fulfill certain requirements, um, you can come in and volunteer that way. And then of course, you can donate to Radwood and that money um, doesn't just go to the furniture bank, it goes to all of our projects. So I talked a bit about uh, United House. But we also um, have the Lucy's Place. So folks in Barrie um, might have heard of Lucy's Place. It's a collaborative project between us and Busby Center. Um, so it's giving uh, permanent housing uh, to people who are experienced chronic homelessness. And we converted the old, old bars motel um, to do that. And then we also um, do second suites. So um, we work with Community Builders, which is a, a registered nonprofit, and they provide work experience to um, folks who face barriers to employment. And we help uh, community members convert a space in their home uh, into affordable housing for folks who need it. And then we have an upcoming project as well on Lily and Crescent, which is also going to be another supportive community and affordable housing project. We actually, Redwood won a national award for, let me read so I don't get it wrong, um, for energy efficiency design um, for Lily and Project uh, from Enerquality Awards. So, I mean, being, we don't talk about it much, but the impact uh, on the environment is of equal importance to the um, social impact of our work as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so to loop back to the refurbishing uh, piece of the programming that you mentioned. So if I'm understanding it correctly, um, someone can come and so it's not like the individual repurposing it that's then keeping the the item it is they're repurposing it for then someone accessing your facilities to uh have the piece of furniture in yeah there. there's two ways that that could work and we're still hammering out the details around that because we're not running that program really full time right now just because we didn't have the space uh, but there's two ways mm -hmm. that that could work we do have an online store where folks can buy um, custom pieces that have been upcycled and that money goes back into the um, Redwood programs. 
Um, so in theory, somebody could take a piece, upcycle it, and then pay for it through the online store. Um, but I think generally speaking, what most folks like to do is upcycle a piece and then actually just bring it back to the furniture bank um, to either be sold in the store or to um, go into the homes of families. Gotcha. So it's like a little take home project, but uh, for the purposes of the furniture bank, I'm with you. <laughs> so let's get to that question of the podcast. What's behind the give button of your organization? I know we've talked about it a little bit, but if you could just simply, simply put it, um, what's behind your give button? So if you donate money to Redwood Park Communities, it goes to all of the programs that I just spoke about. So it goes to United House, it goes to Second Suites, it goes to, we have a campaign uh, every year called Yimby Week. So that's Yes in My Backyard, and it's um, educating folks on the importance of providing affordable housing for folks with barriers. So the antithesis to NIMBYism or not in my backyard. Um, and uh, what else? So the Furniture Bank, uh, Lucy's Place, and then we have a new project uh, that's going up on Lillian Crescent. So it goes to all of those different projects. And um, the impact is social. So there's the the actual physical housing of folks, but then there's also the supportive community, which is of equal importance. So for example, in United House, um, we have all of our ladies living there, but we also have a living room space where we have a dedicated team of volunteers who are peers, who are um, women who have also come through United House. Um, and we have professionals at well as well that help support those women. Um, and so that's a piece that filters through all of our pro um, all of our different projects and furniture bank as well. Um, we're going to have a component once we're a little more settled in our space because it's really only been about a year that we've been operating. Um, where we're going to have uh, options for outreach and to help folks kind of get set up in their space or what we find too is like for some folks it's just like they're lonely so they might call and say I know like I just got a chair but I had to get rid of that chair can I have another one um, and for folks like that it's just like they just need somebody to come and have a coffee with them right and so that's like as big of a part of what we do as providing um, the physical spaces that give people a hopeful home. Um, and there's a huge environmental impact to the work that we do at Furniture Bank in particular. So over the last year, um, we've diverted furniture from the Barry landfill, um, obviously, because the furniture that we collect um, pr probably would have gone to the landfill. And it's so important because the Barry landfill could be running out of space uh, by as early as 2024. That's like three years away. Um, I don't realize mm -hmm. that like <clears throat> uh, having a landfill uh, is a commodity that a lot of counties just don't have. <clears throat> so um, we've saved 85 tons or diverted 85 tons of carbon, which is the equivalent of taking, well, if the average person, uh, it's, just 16, I think it's 1600 or 16,000 miles a year on their car. It's like seven, taking 17 cars off the road just in one year. 
Um, we've saved this city. Uh, they measure everything in, in cubic meters. So 699 cubic meters of space, which is like, it's like 15, 26 foot U-Haul trucks. A 26 foot U-Haul truck is the biggest U-Haul truck you can get. That's like two blocks <laughs> worth. That's, that's 15 um, three bedroom homes. That's two blocks worth of furniture um, that we have diverted wow. from landfill and put back into the community into spaces where where folks need it. Um, and that's not even looking at like I'm still doing the data analysis around what the impact would be in terms of um, it, like wa water savings because when you make furniture, it it takes water. It costs. Uh, it causes pollution to the environment. If you're buying your furniture from a place where they have uh, relaxed labor laws or maybe no labor laws at all, you could be supporting um, the exploitation of human beings. So the um, I think furniture banks in general don't do a really good job of talking about the environmental impacts um, of that work. But you know whether you're coming to the furniture bank or not, this is what I want you to know keep furniture in circulation as long as possible. You don't have to buy new to have a beautiful home. Um, we're really helping to save the environment, which is something we need to be cognizant of. Canada is the 10th contributor, I think, to um, greenhouse gas emissions, but we're warming at two times the rate of the rest of the world and in Northern Canada at three times the rate of the rest of the world. So we really need to take this seriously and do everything uh, we can to solve that problem. And Furniture Bank in Redwood is, um, I'm happy to say, making uh, a dent in that. So thank you to our donors, yeah. because it's not us doing doing all of this diversion and uh, environmental impact. It's, uh, it's the donors who choose to support Redwood and the Furniture Bank. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing your passion, for explaining the, the workings of the Furniture Bank, for um, just taking the time to explain everything that you have. I appreciate learning more about it, and I'm sure um, everyone listening will as well. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Claire. This was super fun. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Behind the Give Button podcast. You'll be able to find the Furniture Bank linked on social media as well as on the Behind the Give Button website, so go check them out there. Um, I hope you'll tune in for our next episode.